0: what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of our usfl edition of booth review as always i'm your host devin promos joined by my good buddy mr peter strauss what is going on man i'm doing good i got to watch even more football this weekend
1: I'm a little hey. bit mad about one game in particular, but we'll get to it.
0: I mean, you should be feeling pretty good about your breakers though. Mr. Oh, yeah. Kyle Slaughter going out putting on a show. I mean, he has some he has some problems too, but the dude's first one to pass for 400 yards and uh in the USFL, it looked good out there. Yeah, I was one week off. Yeah, yeah. I said it was yeah. going to
1: happen last week, <laughs> it didn't happen.
0: I mean, it's, it's, it's one, it was one week away. <laughs> it's a good call, you know, picking him as the the potential, you know, first one to do it because the kid's got a cannon, and you know, it's pass heavy offense, and you know, th- he had three picks, but he looked he looked good uh, outside of that, and you know, quarterbacks have some bad days, but it's it's a pretty good day when you could throw 400 yards.
1: Oh yeah, four sure. I think he was the first to break 300, and. 400 yeah so yeah In one week <laughs> hopefully hopefully he's keeping that game ball
0: yeah 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 it was a good week of football i mean i think all four of these games were pretty good uh i mean friday night that one started us off and went down to the wire. It, it was a good game and that's the one i'm mad about <laughs> <laughs> God. well well uh maybe we should just hop right into it, man. I mean who who do you have for your best of the booth? I was about to say, are we about to
1: start with my under review? Are we getting that salty this early? I mean no. we can. We
0: we can we can go reverse and go with your under review. It's up to you.
1: <laughs> no, let's not let's not break tradition here. Uh <laughs> I'll start with best of the booth. I gotta pull these stats back up. All right. But uh mine best of the booth and a lot of this is not necessarily for just this week although this week is i think one of the better games that he's played uh but i'm giving it to member of the mystery gang Mr. Scooby Wright the 3rd uh just this week uh he had 6 total tackles, one sack and two tackles for loss but his presence everywhere uh, Everywhere on the field, just that he's... Because I feel like every play you hear him like, oh, he almost had him, or like, oh, you know. He's really the leader of that defense. And they are... Them and the breakers, looking at stats right now, are the two best defenses in the league. Um, Like, they're basically even. And I think Scooby Wright is a huge part of that. For the season total, he's top 10 in pretty much every category. Uh 32 total tackles. He's 7th in the league there. Uh, 16 assisted tackles. 5th in the league there. Two sacks, uh, which is only 2nd in the league. And he's a linebacker. He's not even a, uh, you know, he's not a tackle or an end player. He's a linebacker. Getting back to the quarterback twice there. For the largest amount of loss, 18 yards. Uh, Tied for first and forced fumbles. Uh, with two, and also tied for six for pass deflected, which is also two. So he's really on the front line with his team. He may not be the best player necessarily every single week, but he is definitely the heart and soul of that defense, and maybe even the team at this point, because they've had a lot of close games, and I think if they didn't have Scooby right, the tide would turn slightly in favor of whoever they're playing. So...
0: Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, you're right. This kid is definitely the heart and soul of that defense. I mean, he—if you watch any Birmingham game, I mean, you you'll see him all over the field. Whether or not he's the one that makes the play, he's involved somehow, either chasing down uh you know the the rusher or wide receiver, whatever, or getting back into the backfield and putting a little pressure on the quarterback, or just out there you know hyping up his teammates. I mean, he is truly like. If he's the kind of player that you want on your team, if you're a fan, like whatever team you're a fan of, he's the kind of guy you want out there. Like, even though he might not have the flashy stats, even though he might not be putting up the best numbers in a a game, he's making an impact in one way or another, because he's motivating his guys, inspiring his guys, constantly hyping them up. And also, like I said, constantly trying to sniff out the ball, chasing down the ball carrier and, and Putting in that one hundred and ten percent effort that you want to see from a player. I mean, and and he's easy to spot. He wears the big wears the big uh, shoulder pads, <laughs> which is awesome. It's kind of a, like an eighties throwback. It looks fantastic. So he's easy to spot. He's out there in the middle of the field, you know, hunt, hunting down guys, and he is he's fun to watch. I mean, he he has had a shot in the NFL. I believe he was with the Broncos, if I can remember correctly. Not 100% sure on that, but he he was with a team in the NFL, maybe multiple teams in the NFL, and maybe he'll get back there, but if he doesn't, I think that he could he could carve out a nice career in this kind of league, in a spring USL, USFL kind of league. Um, it'd be awesome to see him get another shot uh, to, to make an impact playing on Sundays in the fall. But... You know, if if not, I'm here for having this kind of guy in, in this league for the long haul, you know?
1: Yeah, especially in a league where the defense hits as like, they let them get away with a lot more hits than they do in the NFL, for, for sure. sure. So, for sure, yeah. So definitely that kind of thing. It re- He reminds me a lot, which is now sad for me thinking about uh, Tyron Matthew, but this, being the spirit of that defense, that was a lot what Tyron Matthew did for the Chiefs, yeah. you know, the last— yeah. Several years Tyron Matthew might not have been the best player on the field, especially like Chiefs' defense isn't known for doing anything special. But if he, if we made plays, he was the guy hyping everyone up, whether it was Chris Jones or you know somebody getting behind the line, or if it was uh Thornhill or Sorensen making plays in the backfield, like and I think that kind of thing helps the defense, like. For with sure. how bad the Chiefs' defense has been the last few years, imagine how much worse it would be if they didn't have a hype man.
0: Definitely. And those like <laughs> so. Those are the kind of guys that make everybody else around them better just by being there. And so, like, you could replace Scooby with a technically better player or in in uh, the Chiefs' case, the Honey Badger, Mr. Tyron Matthew, with a better player, but it the defense might uh I'm looking for the word might might be worse because of them not being there even if technically it's a better player in that position just because of of all of the extracurricular stuff that that player brings to the table you know so Scooby's a great choice great choice i mean yeah. it's long it's long overdue for us to talk about him
1: yeah i mean we talked about him right before the start of the season but i was i was looking for a reason to talk about him and this week was kind of like i know he doesn't like He's still got a sack, and like looking at the stats, I didn't realize just like how few sacks like like how much sacks I guess are getting spread around in the league because he only has yeah. two, and he's second i think there's uh no there's just one person ahead of him with like three or something i think but
0: no i uh I don't know if what you're looking at's been updated he's sixth in the league from the uh the list on the u s f l website oh, I got something mixed up then he might be second for linebackers but chris odom for the gamblers has five and a half and then you've got four players in between that
1: yeah that must have just been a typo then why what, what did i put second but he was top five or top 10 and basically every category still yeah
0: so. yeah yeah definitely definitely yeah it's a, it's it's a weird week because uh We both chose defensive players as our Best of the Booth. And I wouldn't say it was necessarily like a a great defensive week. (laughs) But for my Best of the Booth, I'm going with uh, Channing Stribling of the Philadelphia Stars. And this is a kid that's been making an impact, just like Scooby, making an impact every single week. Uh, And this week was no different in their game against the Michigan Panthers, who are, I'm just going to say it, they're the bakery of the USFL, because they're cooking up turnovers every week. Patterson is an absolute liability at quarterback. And Shribling caught two of his passes to get two picks. Uh, he had a, a third one that wasn't a pick, but it was dang close to being a pick. So he almost got three in one game. Uh, he also got back in the backfield. To sack Shea Patterson, add to his sack total. Uh, And on the season, he has four picks. He's had one in almost every game. There was only one week where he didn't have one. But he's had one almost every game. He had two this past weekend. The kid looks like arguably the best cornerback in the league. Um, To go with those four interceptions, he's had seven passes defended. I mean, just a fantastic job out there shutting down opponents shutting down wide receivers uh and and being a real threat to anybody passing the football i mean he will sniff out that ball he is constantly um in the mix so you don't want to pass his way i mean this is this is a a a star caliber guy in this league and just like scooby i don't know if he'll he'll get a chance to move on it is tough um i think for a lot of these guys to really compare them to any nfl talent but maybe stribbling you know, makes a case and, and, and can get on somewhere. I mean that'd be awesome for him.
1: Oh yeah, I mean definitely as a Breakers fan, watching uh I was only able to watch the first half of this game, but that guy was a menace. And I am like even with Slaughter still able to throw four hundred and fourteen yards, it was still like, man, like their defense is holding us. Like it's it's nuts like how much well, of an impact shriveling... he was able to make against an offense that was still producing a ridiculous amount of yards.
0: Scribbling's with, them... with the stars. So this is against the Panthers. Oh, what am I thinking? I mean, Slaughter did have three picks.
1: That's <laughs> what it is, because they, they both had three picks. <laughs> but even still, yeah. uh, the Panthers still produced. Um, I think I was making no, this yeah, they did. Just said, just said the wrong team. Yeah. And I was a Panthers fan because I chose them to win. <laughs>
0: And Cookus, like, I want to give some credit to Cookus. Like, stepping in as the backup quarterback, he looked really good. I think he I think he passed for almost 75%. Uh, let me pull this up. It, he passed for 73.3% completion. 190 yards. Two touchdowns. did have one pick. It was a really bad mistake throw. Um, but he's the backup quarterback. And who knows how long Brian Scott's going to be out. I hope that it's not that long. But Case Cookus stepping in. Yes, this is a game the Stars should have lost. There was mistakes made uh, by the Panthers down the stretch that I'm sure you're about to get into and talk about. Um, oh, I am about but, to get into it. But
1: let me tell you,
0: <laughs> I'm happy the Stars won this game because I think the Stars are the better team, uh, and it would have been I would have hated seeing them fall to one and three because, like I said, Cookus went out there and put in some effort, and this team did a solid enough job to get the win so i just want to throw that out there to uh, you know case cook way and i'm hopeful that you know they, they can keep it up and like i said i don't know how long brian scott's gonna, gonna be out but case Cooks looks like a serviceable replacement for sure
1: oh yeah and uh because i mean i picked the panthers to win and the panthers did what i thought they were going to do like shea patterson couldn't throw the ball he did have one touchdown but three three interceptions you know and not as nearly as many yards as Sloter had yeah, so not a great game there, but they went out. The defense played pretty well, and uh they were able to run the ball. You know, uh, I just had oh, it up.
0: Boy, were they able to run the ball? Is it
1: is it Corbin? Uh, yes, Corbin had I think the longest run in uh, the USFL so far. Yep, and pull that game back up.
0: And Patterson picked up a decent amount with with his legs. Yeah, just, so which is just Corbin, like.
1: Corbin had an 88-yard touchdown run with totaling at 152. Patterson also had a touchdown run. His longest was 37 yards, able to pick up 79 yards. Total, their team was able to rush for 250 yards, which yeah. is really good. And what I said they should do and how I said what I said they would have to do to win this game. And they yeah. did it. And they should have won this game. <laughs>
0: Why but, didn't they win?
1: But... I and I don't know if this is a first for under-review, but I can't decide who to blame. And so we're going <laughs> to talk through it and figure this out. If you did not watch the game, uh, you know, the final drive, they're behind one point. They get to basically the goal line. They have two timeouts left. And instead of running one more play... With your offense that is making, you know, a ridiculous amount of run game happening to just get one yard. They let the clock run out and they put the game on the line to Mr. Michael Carasosa. Jeff Fisher says, no, I'm not going to take this timeout. I am going to give the game to a player that has only made one kick in four games. And the first one was tonight was that day. <laughs> Seriously. So f- just just <laughs> So last night to go over Kerosos's stat, he is the kicker for the Michigan Panthers in-, in case that wasn't clear. Uh just that night he was 1 for 2 on field goals, which again was the first field goal he's ever made. Yeah. And 0 for 1 on extra points. <laughs> yeah, a-, a stat
0: that I found earlier. I want earlier... to also
1: point out Yeah, I want to also point out that the one field goal he made was 22 yards.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and and the stat that I found earlier today is, you know, I'm a stickler for bad kicking. I hate kickers. Uh, I think they're awful, and they've been exceptionally awful in the USFL, but this past weekend, kicking was actually pretty decent, and there was only... One missed extra point all weekend, and it was by (laughs) Carrizosa.
1: It's crazy. And so now looking through, because I can see their season stats now, uh, he's played, I'm going to throw another kicker and their percentages and stuff at you real quick. I won't say the name yet, though. So against Carrizosa's three points, this man has scored 11 points total. Three for four on field goals versus the one for four Carrizosa has. So 75% versus
0: 25%. Right. Mystery
1: Man longest is a 50 as opposed to Carizosa's, uh 22. They've also both attempted two extra points total for the season. Mystery Man made both of them, and Carrizosa made neither of them. <laughs> uh, it won't give me his first name, but this kicker is the guy that New Orleans signed I think they signed him this week because oh, they yeah. had they had McGinnis
0: you talking McGinnis, about uh Bertolet yeah yep
1: and he's only played one game yeah and has already just blown Carrizosa out of the water <laughs> on the on the same amount of attempts on both field goals and extra points they both made six kicks, and Bertolette only missed one. Yeah. Herzosa, final field goal of the game, he's, you know, the longest he's made is 22, so it's like, oh, it was probably like a really far one, that's why he missed it, right? No, <laughs> it was 21 yards. 21 yards. And going back and watching the highlights, I watched most of the game, and going back and watching the highlights, the stars, um, Mengel. Yeah. Opened the game with a 21-yard field goal. Yeah.
0: And ended the game with a 21-yard field goal. Yeah. Mingle Mingle had a decent day. He's, I mean, he's really kind of the reason why this team, you know, won. Because the Stars could move the ball fairly consistently, but they couldn't. Like, once they got into their opponent's side of the field, they couldn't really get too much going, Michigan did a good job of shutting them down from allowing them to get into the red zone and score, which you know made life a little bit difficult but but Mingle was able to go out there and you know put some balls to the upright so it worked out for right. them right so here's here's my problem because
1: you see Mangle make two twenty one yard field goals <laughs> you made a twenty two yard field goal earlier in the day you have a twenty one yarder to Possibly tie for second place in the division, which would put you in—you would have the tiebreaker over Philadelphia, so they would be sitting at second place right now if they won this game in the North. And doinks it off the upright. (laughs) But here's my dilemma. Because we did this or counterfeit two weeks ago, and I think we've basically understood that we shouldn't put kickers under review because we expect them to play bad at this point. Right. Right. Like, honestly, Bertolette should be a best of the booth with his one-game performance. I
0: considered him. <laughs> I considered him. I did. But I can't, you know, I can't give best of the booth to a kicker, so.
1: So, my dilemma is, and the question I was asking myself while thinking about this, is fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Because Jeff Fisher had a timeout still. Yeah. He could have... They were on, like, the two-yard line. Yeah. They've been running the ball. Philly hasn't been able to stop them. You can get at least one more play, two if you spike it. They had plenty of time. He let the clock run for, like, 30 seconds in that final drive.
0: Not only that, but uh, on the day, Michigan rushed for 250 yards, And was averaging 6.9 yards per attempt. 6.9 yards. You get a third of that and you're in the end zone. On one play. And I believe, I just had it pulled up. Let me find it again. Uh, Shoot, there it is. So the one team that is allowing the most rushing yards per game is the Philadelphia Stars. They've been terrible against defending the rush all season. They're allowing 202 yards a game, which is not good.
1: Um, which so, is why I said, which is why I said the Panthers could win this game.
0: Yeah, and they should have won this. And game. And you were on it. You were on it. You had, I mean, you nailed it. They should have won this game. And why Jeff Fisher didn't elect to have uh, Corbin rush it up the middle—that's all you have to do. I mean, literally stack everybody, the other ten guys in there. Hand the ball to Corbin, have him go right up the middle, and the, I guarantee you that would have been a touchdown for them. Because uh, that defense was gassed down the stretch. You look at the second half of this game, and they, Michigan was able to do whatever they wanted to, running the ball. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why don't what? you, like, watching that live, I thought, why are they not running another play? What are they doing to where... But, you know, it's Jeff Fisher. They have so
1: much time. They have so much time.
0: It's Jeff Fisher. Fisher's going to Fisher, man.
1: And that's... And that's why I'm struggling. Because should Carrizosa be able to make a game-winning 21-yard field goal? Of course he should. (laughs) I could make a game-winning 21-yard field goal. Well, let's let's slow down. (laughs) But... But... Fool me once, Carrizosa's been playing for four weeks and has not made a single kick. Right. Granted, they haven't kicked much. Right. But still, has not made a single kick. Yeah. Why on earth would you leave your chance at getting into a playoff spot up to possibly the least reliable person on your team? Because yeah. mate, probably the least, Patterson hasn't fumbled in two weeks. He threw three picks. Yeah. But I he mean, also got he also scored uh once in the air and once on the ground.
0: If we're running one play, I'm not trusting him with the ball. I will hand it off to Corbin. Right. <laughs> but okay.
1: Okay. Uh mini legit or counterfeit. One play. Do you let Patterson do what he wants with the ball, or do you let Carrizosa kick it?
0: I mean, I'd give it to Patterson. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But like, I think I think everybody outside of Jeff Fisher would have elected to run another play. I think Jeff Fisher is the only person that was in that stadium and the only person watching that game on TV that says, hey, let's put the, the game in the hands of our kicker. He's been fantastic for us. We haven't been able to you know, run the ball at will on this defense. Let's, let's give it to our kicker. And this is why he went 8-8 eight and eight every year in the NFL. He's not a good head coach. He has uh, times where he's decent. But, I mean, if Michigan gets to 5-5, five and five, it will kind of be a miracle at this point because they've got to win 4 out of 6 down the stretch. And I don't see that team being capable of winning 4 out of 6.
1: Maybe. hope. May- hopefully he learns from this week. And they picked up Josh Love, so...
0: That That is actually interesting news that came out today. Yeah, so a little bit of, uh, I guess it's not really breaking news because it happened, you know, like eight hours ago at this point. But Josh Love was picked up off waivers. For whatever reason, I guess uh, Pittsburgh decided to move on from him, even though he well, arguably the better of their two quarterbacks.
1: Listen, I'm already furious at Jeff Fisher right now. Okay, I cannot get into Kirby Wilson
0: too. Maybe Josh Love just wants some pizza. Maybe that's what it was. Uh, and, and and Kirby Wilson was like, "Nope, can't have this. We're not we're not going through all this again. You're gone. Put your butt on waivers." They're going
1: through a pizza a pizza crisis in Pittsburgh right now.
0: But anyways, so Michigan, you know, picked him up off waivers. So you would think that he would at least be in the mix for their starting quarterback position. They they wouldn't pick him up to be a backup. I mean, Paxton Lynch has looked like hot garbage all season, and Shea Patterson has been a step above. So if he's not hot garbage, he's just garbage. Uh, and Josh Love looked decent at times with, with Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh has nothing, so it's tough to even look decent with them. But I don't know. I think... I think Love might be the best quarterback in that quarterback room now. He might be.
1: I'm trying to see, because I know Paxton Lynch was hurt this
0: past week.
1: Oh, I'm that
0: I'm, that could be why they picked him up then. I'm wondering though, if
1: he's still hurt, is what I'm trying to find. Uh, of course, I can't pick an order for this. Let's just look I mean, me,
0: Shea Patterson. regardless, Love is better than, I don't know if he's better, but he's as good as Shea Patterson, who is better than Paxton Lynch. At least for
1: uh, for what they've shown, for sure. Uh, like, both right. of them have been able to show. Right. I mean, Paxton Lynch, I know he's the backup and has only played, like, half of two games, but his total yards right now is 24, zero TDs in one pick, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not. I know he rushed a little bit last week, but it's not. It's not good. <laughs> well, before before you have an aneurysm, you know, talking about Jeff Fisher uh, and and potentially Kirby Wilson, uh, I will switch gears and go with my under review, which is the entire offense of the Houston Gamblers. Uh, the Gamblers defense was able to get four turnovers get the ball from the New Orleans Breakers four times. Now, they did allow Kyle Slaughter to throw for 400 yards on them, which is a ridiculous number, but they were able to get four turnovers. Three interceptions, one forced fumble. Uh, and this Houston offense could do nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, they had 13 drives, which is one more than the than the Breakers had. The Breakers had 523 total yards. You want to take a guess how many Houston had. If you had to take a guess as to how many total yards a football team that got four turnovers and had the ball 13 times in the game, how many total yards would they think that they would have?
1: Uh, I would hope total they got at least 250 to 300.
0: They had 155 total yards jesus 3.4 yards per play uh even worse than that was their rushing game this is a team that last week mark thompson was my best of the booth the running back for houston gamblers he's been you know arguably the best uh running back in the league thus far total rush yards from this houston offense 28 28 total yards they uh, they tried they tried to get it going they had 20 attempts for 1.4 yards per rush. They were terrible on the ground. And honestly, almost just as bad in the air. They had 127 total yards uh, through the air, which is good for 4.9 yards per attempt. Clayton Thorson was able to get a uh, touchdown. But uh, this team was just terrible on in all areas. Mark Thompson, who I talked about last week, 14 attempts, 10 yards, 0.7 average yards per attempt. <laughs> 0.7. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> they could do nothing. Nothing. Uh, and, and this is why, to me, they're, I might have them as the seventh team. Uh, I don't... I don't know what I put them at as my power rankings. Let me pull that up. This might you, be put good... them, you put
1: them at sixth because I think they were the
0: only okay. team we disagreed on. Yeah, so I put them at sixth. They're slowly moving the way down. The only reason they're at sixth is because I still have very little faith in Fisher's gang of misfits that he puts out there on the field uh, called the Michigan Panthers. They are seventh, but Houston is not much better. I have more faith in Houston's defense than I do Michigan, but their offense, I, I don't know what's going on. Like, Clayton Thorson is still Jekyll and Hyde. And, like, yeah, he had a decent week this week. It wasn't flat terrible. He didn't turn the ball over, thank God, but he was still throwing for 54%. Uh, you know, a buck 20 in the air. He did have the one touchdown, like, but it's, it's like, this isn't a good game. And Mark Thompson, while he has been one of the better running backs in the league through three weeks, looked like a nobody out there. A nobody. And Michigan does have a decent defense, but like, you should be able to get more than 0.7 yards per attempt. That's awful. And I like I hate it as a fan of Houston because this is supposed to be my team, and I like the coach. I like someone as a head coach, but something's got to change with that offense. Whatever they're doing has not been working. The defense has been doing everything it could, everything it can. When you get four turnovers in the game, you should be turning those into points, and the offense couldn't do anything. New Orleans is lucky to walk away with a win. And yes, Kyle Slaughter had a heck of a game because he threw for 400 yards, but he threw for 400 yards because he had to because he kept turning the ball over. Because Houston's defense
1: is decent. What's crazier about this to me, too, is that uh, stat-wise, the uh, Breakers' defense didn't really like do a ton. They, I mean, they had a lot of t- tackles, but that's, I mean... You're gonna get tackles in games, so that's just what happens.
0: They didn't but, have to do a ton. But
1: no no turnovers uh on Houston's side of the ball. Another reason uh, why
0: they should have scored more than what did they scored, like 13 points? Uh sixteen. Yeah. Another reason why they should have scored more than sixteen points. No turnovers. The yeah, turnover no turnovers. Differential, turnover differential was plus four for Houston, which is crazy that you have a plus 4 turnover differential and you're scoring 16 points that's awful
1: the gamblers are just an anomaly to me because like i feel like they're one play away like every game like if they just got one more completion or if like they broke through a hole in, in the defensive line one time like yeah but Peter, I feel like...
0: you're you're asking for a lot from this offense to get <laughs> one more They've already gotten, you know, however many. Like, one more is a tall task for them. Like, let's not pile it on. Yeah, I
1: don't know. Like, to not turn the ball over is, like, one thing. Like, I don't know if they were just, like, playing safe and just could never make it to the first down marker, or... They're always an anomaly to look at stat-wise, and I think that's partially why I can never put them under the bandits is because, like, I can see the potential in their stats versus the bandits I look at, and I say, ah, oh, well, I mean, they they just don't look as good even though they've
0: they've gotten one more win. Well, you put the bandits... I mean, you put the gamblers over them this week. Yeah, my bandits, yeah. power
1: rankings did not change one bit. Everyone staying where they are... I considered putting the Panthers over the Bandits too again, but uh, I voted against it because Jeff Fisher and Carrizosa broke my heart. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. So we'll just give a quick rundown of our power rankings. Uh, for the top four for both of us is unchanged: it's Birmingham, New Orleans, New Jersey. Philly in that order. I mean, those are clear, clear cut the best four teams in the league. Uh anybody who says different isn't watching the games. They're not like we are the experts here, clearly. I mean, obviously. Uh in the fifth spot, I have the bandits. I think they're playing better than the other three teams, um, uh, but not by much. You still have the gamblers. Um, you still have a little bit more faith in them for some reason. <laughs> um the sixth spot is the reverse. You have the gambler, or you have the bandits. I have the gamblers, um, which makes sense. I mean, those two teams are, I think, close. Um, but then, seventh spot for both yeah. of us is Michigan, uh, and then after Michigan, I put fifty feet of crap because I'd rather have fifty feet of crap than the Pittsburgh Maulers, who are an embarrassment to the state of Pennsylvania. Like, for any of our fans that are potentially from Pennsylvania, and more specifically, uh, Pittsburgh, I am truly sorry.
1: (laughs) Jeez. Um, I would like to point out, uh, and our difference between the Gamblers and the Bandits, is that uh, basically in every category, I mean, passing, they're, like, even almost. Yeah, But r- rushing and defensively, the Gamblers technically have been playing better. And I mean, that I is don't, true. I don't think the Bandits... Like, I don't think Tamu is good enough to justify putting them above the Gamblers. Me, personally. I that, know, like... That's they're, fair. They're super close. Like, they've almost... They've almost created their own tier of, like... The Stallions and the Breakers are the top-top. And then, uh... The generals and the stars are right under them, and then like, uh, it's it's a big gap. Bandits.
0: It's a big gap to me between the top four and the bottom four. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's clear cut that there's a difference. This is what I'm saying. I've seen power rankings that put the bandits in the top four, and I'm like, who 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 is watching these games and thinks that this team is better? And it's, it's, it's Philly that they're that they're knocking down. And Philly is easily one of the best four teams in this league. The fact that they lost their starting quarterback and Case Cookus stepped in and they didn't skip a beat is amazing. No other team in the league outside of maybe the New Jersey Generals who run the two quarterback system could do that. I mean, Birmingham did that because Magoo stepped in. Uh, but yep. Magoo, Magoo didn't look good, though. He did not look good. Yeah, he was fine.
1: He got he did enough to beat uh, the poopy bandits.
0: So right, right. But again, like these, the that's the reason these four teams are up there. I mean, you have one of the best defensive players on the stars. You have the best quarterback situation on the stars. Uh, I just I like this team. I guess more than a lot of other people covering the USFL. I think they are an incredibly talented team, and I'm telling you, man, if they get the run game going consistently, like they did this past weekend, this is a team that come week 10 could potentially be in that number one spot. I truly believe that. Because Birmingham keeps getting away with wins, somehow. Every, (laughs) Every single game they've played has been close, and a couple plays go against them, they're on the losing end, easily. And so I think that's going to eventually come around to bite them in the butt. And Philly, I get that they they won this game on a doinked field goal that should not have been kicked. Uh, and, and if Fisher had half a brain, they would have won this game. But Philly, I'm telling you man, that if that defense can one, get stop a run, and their offense can run. They're going to be a team to watch in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, for sure. The only thing the Stars got to take care of, too, is their rushing uh, defense. As of right yes. now, yeah, yeah. they. Yeah, it's are not good. Allowing 202 and a half rush yards a game with a total of 810 rush yeah. yards over the last four games. The next closest to that is the Gamblers, who are at 150 per game yeah so uh yeah. which is again why I thought Panthers were gonna beat them this week. didn't happen,
0: yeah, well I say it's time i mean do you, do we have a legit counterfeit? I don't think we do i Did you think kind we were- of do i kind okay. of do i what we got leads into our picks,
1: I guess okay. a little bit, but so week one the south swept the north when they did cross division play. Yeah. This is the first week that's happened like that they're playing cross division again since week 1. Mhm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it looks like it. So having seen these first few games, do you think there's a chance that the south will not only sp- the North again this week, but might sweep them for the season. Do you think all of the teams in the South are that much better than all the teams in the North? So I guess the legit or counterfeit way would be, will the South sweep the North for
0: the season? Legit counterfeit. counterfeit? Um, I'm gonna say counterfeit be, mainly because I Mainly because I really like the generals and the stars, and I don't think that the four teams in the South are capable uh all four of the teams are capable of beating those two teams. Um, this week, I could see the South sweeping again uh if ugh. yeah, this week I could see it happening again. Um, but I don't think it will happen for the season. Cause I think, I think New Jersey and Philly are just too good.
1: That's true. Part of me, like, part of me depends for the generals. Cause again, the generals have to get, a, I mean, really the stars do too. Both those teams have to have a run game to play well. And,
0: uh, yeah.
1: I feel like the only weak spot in rushing defense in the South is the gamblers and they're not even like horrible when yeah. it comes to that. Yeah. True. I don't see it happening, but I honestly would not be surprised. So I'm going to say counterfeit to that as well. Yeah. But I just thought it was interesting to think about, think about cause they did it week one and yeah. watching all these teams play this many games now. I still think it could happen. But yeah. I don't think it's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of, of the games this weekend, how about we just jump right into it and get picky with it, man? No, 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 no. Get picky with it now. <laughs> Give me the remix this week.
1: I didn't have a plan. <laughs> So that is a uh, that is a Peter Strauss original. That is a Peter Strauss original, and I hope you like it.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Uh, starting us off on Friday night, we get the Michigan Panthers, who should be two and two, but are unfortunately one and three because Jeff Fisher is going to f- Fisher facing the Tampa Bay Bandits. Tampa Bay are currently. Two and a half point favorites, surprisingly. Uh, I don't know if I 100% agree with that. I mean, Tampa, I guess, is the better team, but Michigan, maybe, maybe they could surprise some people. I don't know. The total points, uh, the total over-under is 33.5, which if it gets to 33, and a half, or 33 points, I'll be kind of surprised. Uh, <laughs> these two offenses are not great. Uh, the defenses are decent, so we'll see. Um, but the game kicks off at 8 p.m. over on USA. Who do you got, man?
1: I shouldn't do this again. Oh, boy. I should not do this again. Especially with how mad I am. But I'm going to go with the Panthers. Oh, man. I don't think I would have made that choice before today. Yeah. But I think they're making a positive move and bringing in Josh Love. I think he's going to get some reps. At the very least, he's going to outpass Patterson. Yeah. So if they can finally get a dual threat going, because the the bandits are in the middle of allowing rush yards, so I think the Panthers will be able to get a run game going again between mm-hmm. uh, between Corbin and Patterson. Yeah. And if Josh Love, if they can pull a generals, and Josh Love can get some passes in, I don't think he's necessarily as good as Luis Perez. Yeah, I was but... about
0: I was about to say this team maybe should you know take some lessons from from New Jersey and kind yeah. of implement the same system cuz Patterson is a solid mobile quarterback uh i think he has a surprising level of athleticism to him like he doesn't look like he would necessarily be a great uh running running mobile quarterback but he he kind of is i mean at least he was against Philly
1: yeah I, well, I, he has to be, or else he like. Why is he in the game? I mean, that <laughs> is
0: that is fair. But uh, no,
1: I I think if the Panthers tried that this week, and Josh Love steps up like he did, in his little bit of time with the Maulers that that one game and that yeah. one little flash that we got, <laughs> I think the Bandits are bad enough to where it could work.
0: Yeah, you know, you know what, um surprising myself by doing this <laughs> but i'm agreeing with you i i'm also going to take the michigan panthers uh, listen i think they showed i mean philly's defense is not stellar especially against the run uh, but michigan showed a lot in that game uh, if, if Patterson can continue to limit the turnover the turnovers, which we mentioned, he didn't have a fumble this week, which is big news for him. Uh, he did have the three picks, which is not good, but you know, Philly secondary is, is really good. I mean, they have the best cornerback and dribbling out there. Um, so Philly secondary is, for as bad as their front seven is, their secondary is amazing. Um, so, I think I think Michigan showed me a little a little glimmer of hope, and I just have no faith in Tampa yeah. Bay. I have no, I mean, Tampa Bay is clearly the worst team in the South. Um, I know that they're tied with Houston. Oh no, they're not tied with Houston uh, record wise. They're actually better than Houston record wise. But to me, Tampa Bay is the worst team in the South. Houston, I think, has a lot more potential. Um, This Tampa team, like, it's just not clicking. So I'm with you, man. I think I'm going to go with Michigan, weirdly. I don't want to say that. That feels wrong saying that.
1: (laughs) I think in this instance, it's the right thing to do. Can
0: I just rephrase it to, like, I'm going to go with the team from the North that has Detroit as a city that way I don't have to say that I'm picking Michigan because it just feels bad like it's like this shouldn't be happening
1: you have to to say it you have to say I Devin Primrose am picking the Jeff Fisher led Michigan Panthers to win a football game
0: don't make me say listen it's bad (laughs) enough I'm picking the Panthers don't make me say that Let's move on. Is one there... little
1: one one more little thing to reinforce our uh our decision here.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh the Panthers are actually best in the league at points against. The defense has only allowed 45 points against them. Whereas the bandits have only scored 57 points this whole season. That's interesting. Who have they played? Who has Michigan played? Michigan has played uh Week one, they played the Gamblers and lost. Week and it's probably because they played the Maulers and completely shut them out. But I mean, they also held New Jersey to ten.
0: That is that is a big feat, actually holding yeah. New Jersey to only ten points. Yeah, they haven't they haven't allowed. Philly is the first game they allowed more than twenty points, and the stars to yeah. me, the stars to me might have the third-best offense in the league behind Birmingham, New Orleans. I mean, I might put them just as good as Birmingham. New Orleans clearly has the best offense. I might put Philly just as good as Birmingham. So, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. They shut out Pittsburgh. They held New Jersey at 10. I mean, Michigan has a sneaky good defense. Their offense is just garbage. That's that's actually a, a fair point. That's a fair point.
1: And I'm hoping, I wasn't going to tell you that unless unless you agreed. So since you agreed with me, <laughs> I'm letting you in on my, on my trade secrets here.
0: <laughs> oh, man. It, I'm telling you, it's, it feels bad picking Michigan, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it. We're both doing it. Moving over to Saturday afternoon, uh, 3 p.m. kickoff over on Fox. We have the New Orleans Breakers taking on... The New Jersey Generals. Uh and folks, this is probably the game of the weekend. This I think will be a spicy one. Uh Kyle Slower, man, I just continue to sing the praises of this quarterback. I think that he is the best quarterback in the league, especially now that Brian Scott is injured. Um First man to throw for 400 yards in the USFL. This offense is high powered. It is explosive. And I don't know if that general's defense is ready for it. Um, so, currently, New Orleans, I believe, Yep, New Orleans are three point favorites. Uh, I think that's fair. I think Nola is better. But I ask you, who you got, man? You know I'm rolling
1: with my team. You know I'm <laughs> riding that wave. Uh, no, you're right, though. I think uh, I think the breakers' offense is too good, and not only that, the uh, breakers' defense are second best when it comes to stopping the run game, only behind the generals. So really, of anybody the generals can face, the breakers are the best at stopping what they do best. Um, yeah, and I think their secondary is good enough too to you know uh, to stop Luis Perez from just sitting in there and sitting in the pocket all the time, right? Because uh, Breakers are also tied for first in sacks with eleven for the season. So, uh, yeah, and and I think it will be really good. I think it will be really close. I think the Breakers are going to take it though.
0: Yeah, and. Just another note on this New Orleans explosive passing game. Uh, the New Jersey Generals are second in passing yards a game allowed. The Gamblers are allowing 256.5 passing yards a game. New Jersey's allowing 176.8. So I think... That offense is going to be like Slower, I think could, could potentially have himself another day uh this yep. weekend. Yeah, I I mean I haven't mentioned it, but I'm rolling with the Breakers. Um I think they're second best team in the league, and I think they're gonna get themselves another win this weekend. So I concur. Let's I m- I really thought
1: we were going to disagree on that first game. You had to agree with me, didn't you? Listen, I mean, we listen,
0: there's still time. We might disagree on another one. Uh, let's move on to the Sunday games kicking us off at noon over on NBC. We have the hometown Birmingham Stallions taking on the Philadelphia Stars. Stars team Getting some wins, uh, getting some wins that shouldn't necessarily be wins, but they're getting them anyways. Taking on Birmingham, who continues to play close games and sneaking away with, with them somehow. I think this game could go either way. And for whatever reason, Vegas does not agree with me. Vegas has Birmingham as six-point favorites, which is way too high. I need We need to throw some respect Philly's direction uh, and give them a couple of those points back. But who do you got, man?
1: I am going to go with Vegas on this one. I think... The Birmingham's just got hometown magic. That's the only way I can explain it, because they are, like, they're playing well, obviously, to get these wins, but you're right. They are just kind of squeaking them out every week, and they're good enough to back it up. I think they're also, I was looking at the run stats, uh, rushing yards per game. Uh, Stallions are, you know, middle of the pack there, too. With CJ Marble and uh, Jamar Smith is no slouch when it comes to running two if he's playing or Magoo ran a decent amount this week so
0: yeah Jamar's who I'm worried about in this game um because that dude that dude's got some
1: legs on him which I think he was only out because he had COVID and he was like cleared the play but yeah uh he he like hadn't practiced all week so they just like let Magoo have a shot
0: yeah which is which is fair give. Give Jmar some rest. I mean, you still got the win, so it didn't hurt you any. Uh, this is the game we're going to disagree on, man. I'm Ooh. I'm rolling with Philly. It's I found myself in a really weird spot four weeks into this season. Like I chose Houston as my team uh, back in the preseason, and right. if, if I'm being honest, Philly has kind of developed into my team organically. Like, as like they're the team that I've become the biggest fan of as the seasons progress just naturally. Uh, I really like what they're doing. I really like their quarterbacks. I really like the secondary. I really like a lot of things about this team. I don't like how many rushing yards they give up. And <laughs> their running game hasn't been stellar for the first three weeks. This past week, they had a decent day on the ground. Terry looked good as their, uh, their lead back, um, about, let me pull up some stats. I should have had these open. Um, they had 113 yards on the ground, which is not spectacular, but it is against a Michigan Panthers defense that we just talked about being one of the best. Um, so if they can, if they can continue and and, I think that they had more because Cookis is the backup, I think they tried to implement the run more early on in the game, uh yeah. and because it looked like they came out with a bit of a plan to to attack on the ground a bit more than they usually do uh and, and they they didn't do a terrible job at, and I think they can only get better. And so if they continue to develop, again, I really do believe Philly could be in the mix for a championship come the end of the season. Uh, I, I'm not counting them out by any means. So we talked about Birmingham continuing to sneak away with wins somehow, and I think this is the week that it's going to come back to bite them. I'm rolling with Philly. I. Right.
1: Disagree. I think Cookis is going to be cooking up some Scooby snacks, <laughs> and he's going to be run all
0: over the backfield. But I we mean, shall see. Maybe. I really and Sorry, God. I, I I was going to say that I will say the one game that is similar. I think offensively, the Breakers and the Stars have. Very similar offenses. And the Breakers were only able to score 13 points against Birmingham uh, two weeks ago. So that worries me a little bit. But I don't know, man. I, I've i got a feeling. And i got to roll with my feelings. I
1: want to look at something. Defense. I want to see. Yeah, I mean. That game, right? I think I talked about it too. Scooby Wright and then Tillman, yeah, uh, both just yep. ate up that game, and I think they're poised to do it again. I wish this was the night game. Uh, yeah, I do too. Like, I, at least it's on an actual network. But well, I this, it makes this should be a primetime game, and not what the next game is.
0: It makes it makes sense though what they did because uh sorry, I was looking at it. It makes sense what they did because I think that I think that they'll have a larger attendance for Maulers and Gamblers, with the Stallions and stars being before it. I think people will be more inclined to stick around for a little bit. Um, then they would have necessarily been to come early, if that makes sense. Okay, well they could have put a better
1: game after it then. I
0: mean they definitely could have. They definitely could have. I, mean, <laughs> I think any of that. these
1: any of the other games would have been better to put there than this next game.
0: Yeah, I mean Am I am I
1: crazy or were there fans at the panthers Stark's game? Because I thought I
0: heard a crowd, uh, but probably. I didn't really see anybody. Probably. Uh the one the one that I've seen the most for was a gamblers game from a couple weeks ago. Uh it might have been actually the Gamblers Breakers game last week. That I saw the most fans for a non Birmingham game. Um and I would say I would guesstimate it was probably in the low thousands, like fifteen hundred to two thousand maybe. Um which isn't bad. I mean I think that's good for a non-home team game. So. We'll see if any of them stick around for the next one. Which we have at 4 o'clock. Over on Fox. We have the. winless, Hot garbage that is the Pittsburgh Maulers. Taking on. Currently the worst team in the, in the south. and the Houston Gamblers. Uh, and surprisingly. For as bad as Houston has been. Vegas is still giving them five and a half points. They think that Houston are five and a half points better than Pittsburgh, which is I don't know where Vegas is getting these numbers from. I mean Pittsburgh is awful, but Houston has not been good either. Uh I think this is the absolute worst game of the weekend. It's going to be terrible. But we gotta pick somebody. Who you got, man? So I feel like Houston still played close
1: in most of their games though, like like I said before. I think it's only like they're one big rush away or they're one you know, one extra completion away, right? Yeah. I mean one possession game against uh, the Breakers, one possession game like one point game against the bandits. Of five points against the Stallions and they beat the Panthers so Um, I think they're they've been really close to getting some wins they just haven't been able to quite put the last piece of their puzzle together and I know I said this two weeks ago but I think if there's any team to do it against if it's not the Bandits it's the Maulers that's fair I'm thinking the gamblers are going to figure some stuff out. They're hopefully going to get some offensive momentum with a win this week. And maybe restore your faith in the team that you chose to be a fan of at the start of the season. Because somehow I've turned into more of a fan of them than you are.
0: Uh, yeah, you so. absolutely you <laughs> absolutely have. Uh, you're trying to convince me to pick Houston. Which, I, I mean, I am picking this week because I'm not an idiot. Um, I don't see I don't see Pittsburgh winning this game. Uh, I could see them potentially keeping it close, maybe. Um mainly because Pittsburgh has a decent rushing attack. Um their quarterbacks are not good. Their receivers are not good. Um but their running back room isn't bad and Houston is the didn't we just say they're the second worst in defending the rush
1: the second worst yes behind the stars
0: so that could spell some yards for for old Pittsburgh over there uh now can Pittsburgh finish it off if they happen to get into the red zone that might be a different story but I could see them putting up some yards on the ground against this Houston front and I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Houston offense to answer, but you also have
1: to remember that uh the Maulers no longer have Josh Love. They are fully rolling with Walletta, who yeah. last week had I a mean, completion percentage of forty seven percent.
0: That's even that's even more <laughs> reason. That's even more reason why I think they'll be running the ball more. Yeah. So uh, I mean again I'm picking Houston cuz I'm not an idiot and because Pittsburgh has scored you... Pittsburgh has scored 9.8 points per game this year 9.8 <laughs> They can't even hit double digits So I got to roll with Houston but I think Pittsburgh could could potentially position themselves to win this game Come on, live a little. Live a little. I'm Devin. not. I'm not. I'm a <laughs> gambling band, but I'm not gambling against the gamblers. Not this week.
1: Louise. Yeah, I think if anyone, which is astounding to me, that the uh, this is less of a differential than the uh, Stallions and Stars. It's only by half a point. Yeah, but still, that's crazy to me that they think the Stallions stars a six point differential versus the Maulers and Gamblers being five and a a half. Because I think the Maulers are just gonna get mauled like they do every week.
0: They might. I mean, I could, I could see this being, I could see this being like a seventeen to three type game. Or I could see this being a twenty to seventeen type game. I could see it going either way. But I mean I could see it being either a blowout or being a close game, but Houston wins it either way. I don't see I, I don't see a world in which Pittsburgh gets a win. I do want to point out
1: that the Pittsburgh Maulers was only a one was in a one-possession game with the Generals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they were in a close game against the Stars a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So, it's possible. But...
1: I'm trying so hard.
0: You're not going to convince <laughs> me. Again, I already I already said that I can see Pittsburgh being in a position to win this game. But they won't. Because Kirby Wilson is is Kirby Wilson and the talent of that team is non existent. Uh, and Houston somehow has more talent than them. All of your if these
1: players were in Madden, just like everybody's overall stats on the Maulers would go down ten points just because they're not allowed to eat pizza.
0: Exactly. Listen. You look good, you feel good. You eat good, you play good. It goes boy you know, that's the way it goes. So, and words, words to live by there. If you're asking at
1: home, no, we will never stop talking about the pizza debacle of the USFL. It'll no. never stop. No, We're going to mention it every week, and we're <laughs> going to make you want to order some pizza. because at,
0: at least we're going to blame all of <laughs> Pittsburgh's problems on the lack of pizza until they get that first win.
1: I mean, there's been weirder curses on sports teams honestly. Oh yeah. If yeah, a goat definitely. can if a goat can curse the the Cubs
0: for 108 years for or 108 whatever it was, 108 years, yeah. Yeah.
1: then pizza can curse the Maulers for a season.
0: Oh, definitely. Definitely. 100%. <laughs> 100%. Well, as always, I want to say a quick thank you to everybody listening. Uh thank you for tuning in every week. And joining us on the journey of the USFL first season, we thank you very much for tuning in on Twitch. Uh, if you're watching us, uh, if you're not and you just listen to us, come hang out on Twitch with us on Wednesdays. We record every Wednesday night uh, over on Twitch at Booth Review Pod. Uh, it's easy to easy to find. Uh, if you're not following us on Twitter, go follow us on Twitter at Booth Review underscore Pod. Uh, we also have a Facebook that should be easy to find for you, and we have a Discord. There's a link to the Discord in the description of this episode. Go hop in the Discord. It is popping off on a daily basis with uh, all kinds of sports talk and news and things of that nature. Uh, But I was going to say, as always, I think that's that. Good job.